Moment. Good morning. I'm just going to pray for us first. Father, I pray for every one of us here. I pray for your um, Holy Spirit presence. I pray for the um, focus to be on you. And I ask, Lord, that every one of us here will hear from you today. Thank you for speaking to us already. Thank you for the worship time. Thank you for prophetic. Thank you for every part of our service. And I just pray, Lord, for this bit now, that you'd be with us and you'll be close. In your name, amen. That song we sang, you unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm going to say that bit again because we sing it twice, don't we? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. You unravel me with a melody. I'm going to go through this song a little bit all the way through the talk. So I'm not going to say every line, but you unravel me with a melody. God singing over us with joy. One of my favorite passages in scripture is Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. We've heard so much about the glory of God, the greatness of God, the kind of authority of him as our father, us being adopted. Then we've heard about Jesus and Jesus being part of God, sent to earth as a man, and him dying for us on the cross. We've heard about this kind of condensed, haven't we, version over the last couple of weeks. And through Jesus, we have this opportunity to become children of God. John chapter 1 tells us about our faith in Jesus being the way to become a child of God. John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he, God, gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. So we're adopted. God says that we're his. And he deals with our past. He gives us hope for our future. And that moment that we come to Jesus, the moment we have faith in who he is, we become a child of God. We are called from a life of sometimes confusion or emptiness or feeling a separation within us to a life that makes sense, to a life that is full and where God can be at the heart of everything. And here the words of this song remind us of that closeness. You unravel me with a melody. This wonderful picture of God singing over us as a child. I've got a picture of this in my mind. We, um, we had Isaac after we'd been married for quite a long time. We weren't sure we were going to have a child. And all of the emotions that went with that obviously came their way. 
And then the joy of knowing that we were having Isaac was evidently very strong within us. And when, he was, um, when we knew that we were pregnant, we had the scan, and we called the baby Dot, because it was a little dot on the scan. And Terry had heard the whole information that when you sing to the baby, then the baby gets to know your voice when you speak to your baby, when it's still within the womb. So he would sing over the bump this song. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for little dot. Okay, so that's how the song went. Many, many, many times. And when he sang it, little dot, a.k.a. Isaac, would go wiggly, wiggly, wiggly. It would be lovely. So he would keep going, and it was a, it was a good thing. And then when little dot was born, and we did that surprising thing, it's a boy, when we thought it was a girl. That was funny, <laughs> after Dave talked about that last week. And actually, I think it's because we call it, called him Dot. We thought that was Dorothy or something, I don't know. Anyway, when the baby was born, Terry was holding him and singing this song. I won't, I won't subject you to it again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for little Dot. And he would respond. <laughs> Every time. He would just scream. Um, anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is God's got a very better voice than Terry, number one. And the joy of the father singing over the baby was the point of the story. The joy of singing over someone has to come from a place of joy, has to come from a place of excitement, has to come from a place of love. This joy of singing over us, that's God singing over us with joy. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? God of the universe, God of the world, God of the leaders, God that somehow is dealing with those poor nations, God that's over the rich nations, over all the countries, over all the cities, over all the towns, over this town over this congregation, over this family, over my family, over me, is singing with joy. Do we feel unraveled by God's love? Unraveled's a strange word, isn't it? It kind of makes me think of that word, oh, I'm undone, I'm undone. I'm overwhelmed, I'm understood. Do we feel understood? Do we feel interesting? to God. Unraveled. I met with somebody really precious this week and God unraveled something in my heart for this person. I've, I've had permission that I share just a little bit of what God said for her. And she said, that's fine. So I was praying for her and had a word specifically for her. But then I felt immediately after I'd shared it, do you know what? This is for the church too. There is something in this word that is for all of us. And what I saw was a messy, colourful ball of strands of string, a little bit like that mess of cotton at the bottom of a cotton box. Do you know that mess? Lots and lots of different colours. It's not particularly ugly, but it's not particularly pretty. It's just a bit of a mess with all the strands all going through. And I saw that, and then I saw each one of those strands being taken 
individually and pulled out of the mess. And each one, God was holding and saying, I know the whole story of the whole one of this strand. I know everything about this. This is a life part of you. This is something that's hurt you. This is something that's blessed you. This is something that's amazing to you. And I know everyone, and I know the story of every one of those strands. And then I cried, because then I saw each one of the strands being nailed on the cross, and each one of them had enough value for Jesus to die for. Each one of them was valued by him. Each one of us was part of that unraveled love of God for us. Each one of them. I just thought, first of all, you know, all of these examples are a slight, slightly bit smaller than God is. <laughs> all of them are. But what an amazing picture. A picture of God knowing everything and every single bit of it is big enough for him to put on his cross. And that's how, when we have faith in Jesus, we become children of him. I wonder which bit of perspective of being God's child is needing to kind of straighten in our thinking. I wonder whether we get that perspective. I don't doubt that we know that we are his. Some of us know that we are his. Some of us, Sunday school stories have done it for us. Some of us, our parents telling us over years and years and years. And some of us, we're, we're just wrestling with this a little bit. Um, and we're not sure that it's true. And others are sure that it's true, but we don't quite know what it does within us. You unravel me. You unravel me. And the security in knowing this massive theme of Jesus through Scripture, the security of knowing through him we are saved by responding to the message of the cross. This is the message of God for us. Sometimes our eyes are blinded to the truth and then God unravels our thinking and just undoes us, doesn't he? I think I can see so many people that's just saying, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And today, maybe that voice of God is just saying, I'm not sure I do know what that means. I'm not sure you do know what that means in your heart. Is it time to start to respond to God's voice saying, you unravel me. You personally, the other way around. God's saying, I love you so much that all this is worthy for you. All this is worth it for you. You're my child. Adoption means that we are legally God. Adoption gives us true freedom. Galatians tells us that there's no slave, no Jew, no male, no female. We're all children and all brothers, all sisters of Jesus, all equal in God's eyes. Our total birthright to be children of God has been discussed really well, I think, over the last couple of weeks. And today, I've been having a battle. And we had this in the prayer meeting earlier. They said, Helen, I think that you've been having a battle when you've been preparing this talk. I see a machete, and I'm like, that's true. I've been saying to God, what's our response to this God? And he's been saying nothing. And I'm saying, what's our response to this God? How do I respond? And he says, nothing. There is nothing you can do about being my child. Because 
it's not about our response, it's about what he's done. And I said, well, I can't stand up on a Sunday morning and say, nothing. Maybe some of us would prefer it. No, but I'm just, I can't just stand up and say, nothing, nothing. But God says, yes, it's nothing. Nothing we do makes us more a child of God. Nothing. Nothing. I can keep saying nothing. (laughs) So how to be a child of God? I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Romans 8 says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Dad. Papa. I can't really get my head around Papa. It just seems a bit French. But Father, Dad. You know that? Dad. We cry, Dad. The spirit and the freedom we have is having God as our Father. And it's nothing absolutely nothing to name an old song nothing we can do about it God brings us freedom I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God another thing that I was wrestling with possibly two or three in the morning I was saying fear God fear what brings us fear why would we why that line? Why do you say fear? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I think lots of us carry around fear. I think lots of us know the truth about being a child of God, but hold on to some things that cause us to fear. And I was wondering about a couple of, a couple of ideas came to mind. What about a lack of trust? Maybe that's become a fear. Maybe we're not trusting our Father today because of this kind of lack of trust within us. And that might have come from all kinds of places. A broken trust. Unfulfilled hopes and dreams. That kind of thing. Maybe we fear that if we trust again, it's going to be broken. So we're just not letting ourselves trust Maybe we're becoming a little bit of a slave to our fears with regard to trust. What about worry? Worry can bring fear, can't it? Are we picking up worry and trying to do stuff in our own strength and hold it in a place of worry rather than saying, actually, I'm free from that. That's bringing fear in my life. I'm, I'm worrying over stuff. What about that sense of losing control, which I think is linked to all of it? Actually, if I, if I give this to God, then I'm not holding it anymore. And, and if we lose control of something, maybe that whole idea of losing control of something is bringing a little bit of fear within us. What about if we're being fearful of being alone? I think that's a big one for some people. Not for every person, but for some people. And our response to the worry or fear of being alone can cause all kinds of responses in us. Maybe holding people at arm's length, or maybe holding people too close. Maybe stepping into relationships when we shouldn't. Maybe not bothering with them because we're too worried. All sorts of things. 
are just flagging that one up today. What about materialism? What about the need for stuff? What about the balance between needing stuff and wanting too much stuff and the whole balance in the books becoming a bit of a fear? And maybe that picture that I had before with the strands of life, maybe there's a fear that it's all one big mess and it's never going to be sorted. Maybe. And God's saying, I'm no longer, we're no longer slaves to that fear because of being a child of God, because of the freedom that comes with being his child. And how do children work with fear? Most children with good parents go straight to their parents with a fear. Most children, not all, most. 1 John 4 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Love drives away fear. And God is love. Romans 8 also says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Fear brings about a con- condemning, a condemnation of ourself. And there's a sense of, well, I've already messed up now, so I'm just a bit rubbish. And, you know, I'm not going to be even bother looking towards God because I'm in a place of shame and condemnation. No, God's saying very clearly there is no condemnation because you're in Jesus. And actually God says, I'm going to drive out your fear. Drive it out. It has no place within us. And if we know that we're holding on to fear, what place are we giving it? Let's today acknowledge that those fears exist, but also declare, I am no longer a slave to that fear. I am a child of God. Are we ready to say today, drive away that fear, God. Drive it away. Take it away. I relinquish control of that fear. I'm ready to give it up. I don't want to hold on to it anymore. And are we able to say the next verse with confidence? And this is the one that always gets me. Because Psalm 139, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Then the whole knowledge that God knows every number of hairs on my head, that undoes me. So this verse undoes me. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. What a line. What a line. Your blood flows through my veins. He's in control. He has authority. We're his children. This is serious stuff, isn't it? Because if it's true that we were chosen, if it's true that in our mother's womb, what could we do about it then? There was no response to it for us then. There was no, well, if I do it like this, then it's going to work better being a child of God. We are God's children. I think sometimes we live as if God's this kind of big authoritative controller in the sky who has a lot of things on his plate. He is, but he's God. And God has capacity to be intimate and our Father who loves us. That's different, isn't it? 
every scripture I read when I have this lens in my thinking. Talks of intimacy, a deep knowledge of us, God fathering us, adopting us, choosing us. It has a personal element to it that is beyond my comprehension. I'm blown away. The break of this song says this. My fears were drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I can stand and sing, I am a child of God. I want us to walk away from here today knowing that we can respond to our Father as a child of God in confidence to say, I am a child of God. A child responds with excitement when good things happen. A child responds with gratefulness to a loving dad. But the child's response is not the driving factor. Remember, nothing, nothing. The child's response is not the reason for the love. Our father loves us and he wants us to be free from fear. Free to be free. I just want to pray for us for a minute. Father, we just want to lift up those fears to you. Anything that's stuck in the way, anything that clouds our vision of your intimacy and fatherhood in our life. And I pray that you take it away. And you don't just take it away and leave a gap of, oh no, I'm no longer in control. Oh no, where's my worry gone? You, you take it away and you fill it with a, with a love that blows our minds away. With a sense of love and security and confidence in your authority and your intimacy. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. Work in us, I pray. Amen. 1 John 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. I love this line. And that is what we are. I love it. That we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Without obligation to perform in a certain way, without a role that I need to perfect, without rules, without fear, without any kind of correct, rehearsed speech to our Father. I am a child of God. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We can't do anything about it. I just want to show us now a short clip, and it's a true story of something I think depicts this more than any more words I can say. Um, the sense of it's all about the father. It's not about us as a child. It's all about what he does that gives us that perfect love and acceptance. And the amount of effort he puts into his love for us is his. And the amount he expects back from us is nothing. Nothing. We're getting that bit. But this film is Rick Hoyt. I think you might have seen it, some of you. He was diagnosed as a spastic quadriplegic with cerebral palsy when he was born. He is unable to do anything for himself, but they worked out a way for him to communicate through a complicated computer system. And one day he asked his dad to run with him. And it started with a five-mile charity run. At the end of the run... 
I'm not going to get through this without crying today. I just know it. He said this. When we run, Dad, I don't feel paralyzed. And the efforts of the running increased, and this grew to more races, marathons, duathlons, triathlons, and even Ironman competitions. Are we ready? Can we just see the film? You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have come. says it all I know some of us are more moved by things like that than others and it doesn't matter if we're not if we're not sitting here sobbing and it doesn't matter if we are when I'm in my father I don't feel paralyzed when I'm in my father I don't feel paralyzed by my fears anymore I don't feel paralyzed by the lies of the enemy I feel freedom. How utterly loved are we? How utterly adored are we? You rescued me so I can stand and sing, I am a child of God. Do you know what? Whether we are grateful, loving, happy, delighted, joyful, 
honouring, caring, pleasing, trusting, kind or faithful children, or the complete opposite, ungrateful, miserable, despondent, harsh, uncaring, disappointed, sad, dubious, unloving and downright rude, we are God's children. We are God's children. He loves us the same. Our response is about being a child of God, is to be a child of God, so that we can stand and sing, I am a child of God. You say I'm precious, I'm precious. You say you love me, then you love me. You say you protect me, then you'll protect me. You say you've got it covered, you've got it covered. You say no more fear, I say there's freedom. Kids Club this week had a kid who, as far as we know, has no church background. And Jen invited the kids up to the front and said, tell us a little bit about what you know about God. This little kid, five years old, said this. God made us because he loves us, and he loves us because he made us. God loves us because he loves us, and he loves us because he made us. When we come to God as a child, our trust is in him as a father who knows best. I had this little conversation with one of my boys. Oh, actually, it was Reuben. Sorry, Reuben, I didn't ask for permission. But I've already talked about Isaac being little dots, so I'll just drop a minute. He was four, so there's nothing on him now, okay? He was four, and he said this to me. "Uh, Mum, have you spoken to Dad? I said, what about? Well, I haven't seen lovely the cat around for a bit, right? Well, see, the thing is, this morning she, she scratched me, so I told Dad to get rid of her. And, and I wondered whether she'd gone. And I said, no, no, I'm sure she'll be back. Um, see, the thing is, what he'd done is he said to Dad, said to his dad, she's hurt me, get rid of her. And the dad, Terry, knew he didn't mean it. He knew It was a ridiculous thing to say. Sorry, Rips. He knew that he was going to change his mind. He knew. And you know what? He almost didn't give it much thought. He heard it. And he just thought, you know, it's because of that. And I just think there's a little bit of that that kind of comes into our thinking can help us. God knows all of it. He knew it from before we were born, and he knows it till after we died. And he knows the whole thing. And sometimes we're saying, but God, what about this? And actually he's saying, yeah, I do know about that. And I've taken it into consideration, and it's going to happen in the future. Or it's not going to happen in the future. Or it's a silly thing to ask in the first place. And I still love you as my child. And I'm still your father. Do we get that? God hears our cries. Some of them are tears of sadness. Some of them are that messy ball. Some of them are frustration. Some of them are fears. Some of them are disappointment. Some of them are angry. Some of them are just explaining our thoughts. And he is listening to our moans, our requests, our petitions, and he loves us through them. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Love has called my name. I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God.
God's got it covered. The best thing we can do is to come and say, Dad, my father, you've known me. You know me. I am born again. And what an opening line that we've been given by Jesus himself with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, you're in heaven, you're holy. You know everything. You know everything better than I do. When we pray, I want your kingdom, we're saying, I want your values, I want your love, I want the way that you want it in my love. Here right now, we're saying, you know best, and I want us to stand together tonight, today, tonight? I want us to stand together today and sing this song. I want us to stand together. Maybe the band could start coming up. When the band coming up, I want to read these words over us. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Our Father loves us. His plans are good. If we have fears today, if we are living, trying to wrestle with this stuff, saying, I know it, but I'm fearful, is it time to say, I'm no longer a slave to that. I'm giving it over to you. And I want us to respond with singing this song. And do you know what? This is going to be a bit like being children because it might be a bit messy because I want us to literally come to the front as a child to their father at the moment that this song gets us. At the moment, the little line of truth, remembering that every line in it has got scripture based in it, the moment that bit hits us again, do you know what? Personally, I'm done with unravel. I'm up here straight away. You know, the moment that it hits us, just come to the front. There's nothing going to happen after apart from I'm just going to pray one prayer over you and then you can go back and sit down. The response is like this. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Next week, we're looking at being an heir of God. And you know what? With being an heir, a little bit of authority, a little bit of responsibility sneaks in. This week, child, I am your child. The moment it gets you, come to the front. If we need to scrap all the chairs, we'll do it. Pardon? <laughs> Terry was signaling to me, but I'm not quite sure what he's saying. But if you need to come to the front, tell no, no. <laughs> okay, so we'll start. You unravel me. With a melody You surround me with a song Of deliverance From my enemies Till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear God. 